you know, we've talked a lot about this in between media this season. There's going to be curveballs coming your way. Hate's a strong word. I dislike Kirk Cousins more than probably any other quarterback. In the I get a little bit of that rookie-itis, you know? I would have said, I would love some of what you're Even though I'm straight, I'm still stuck between an interpretation, what it all means. Can I make a difference for something different? My mind in prison, then I saw the vision. Played the field, it's no competition. Found success through the repetition. If it's impossible, stick to the mission. I'm just cruising through on my way to get it. I found myself somewhere in between. Yeah, I found myself somewhere in between. guys it's the in between fantasy football podcast your destination for both some feel good fantasy football advice and we're gonna throw a little bit of life advice there for you as well i'm your host seth woolcock you can find me on the bird at between underscore seth ff as always i'm joined by my right hand man keeping it cool out there in colorado nate Mother effing pool boat. Nate, what's up, brother? <laughs> that was quite the introduction, man. You're making me feel really great about myself tonight. I appreciate it. I'm doing great. Uh, it was nice and warm here today. Um, had a great day. Looking forward to the expo, man. Yeah, yeah, Nate. It, it, it's been a it's been a week a week from hell in a way. Uh, you know, busy week over here for myself and Kathleen in State College. We're in the midst of moving. We just put out our draft guide yesterday as well. Um, Last week, we were on with Field Yates, uh, signed a contract with Underdog Fantasy. So it has been an insane, just an insane time here at In Between Media, man. Yeah, no, it's been crazy, but it's awesome. Like, this is what we've been working for for the last year plus. Can you believe it's been that long? You know, I, in a way, it feels so like it has not been that long. But at the same time, like it's been, you know, 400 plus days, man, of just grinding, you know, working to be the best we can helping our audience, whether it comes to fantasy football advice, fantasy golf advice, fantasy NASCAR advice, or just life advice. So, I mean, it's been a, it's been a crazy ride um, tonight, guys. Probably my favorite episode of the year, honestly, on the show tonight. We're going to be going in to our all-in selections. This is something we've been doing on this podcast uh, for, this is going to be our fourth season doing our all-in picks. Um, we got a bunch of different fantasy analysts from in-between media joining us later on. Um, all the information that you see today um, can also be found in our draft guide as well. Um, Nate, it, th- that was something, um, our draft guide specifically, I'm really proud of um, the effort the entire in-between media team put in over the last couple nights um, on this draft guide. Pulled an all-nighter uh, a couple days ago. I know our guy third and short was in the background ripping graphics hard for us as well. There's a picture of the of the in-between media draft guide. If you want to check that out, guys, um, it's only $10 on inbetweenmedia.com. Um, uh, 10% of that is going to go to the 86 foundation, which is a great organization that helps youth writers. Um, you know, I, I was challenged by Scott fish a couple weeks ago and he actually, uh, said, you know, instead of donating to my charity, um, you know, I, of course, Scott's fish being selfless, who would have guessed he challenged right. us at in between media to find something that we're passionate about to donate to. So that was that foundation over there. They do a lot of great work. Um, you know, really happy to be able to give a little bit back to them and super stoked to, to have this draft guide out finally. 
and a lot of great content in there. We got our 50 tips for a better fantasy football season. We got our all-in selections, our bus selections, our sleepers. And we also have our, our professional redraft rankings as well. That was a lot of fun. We went through, statted, all, statted out all 32 teams. Um, exhausting process but a very eye-opening process at the same time. It is. And it, doing all of this and like really like drilling down into where we think the season is going, what we really think these offenses are going to do, and looking at it from a standpoint where it's not just talent, you're having to take into account coaching staff. You're having to take into account what kind of offense. Because like J.K. Dobbins is a guy I was lower on than most people simply because yeah. I don't – and it's Harbaugh's coaching. And that's an instance where the talent doesn't necessarily tell you what they're actually going to do. And that's the tough part about projecting all of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, taking that, taking schedule into consideration, weather factors, there's so yes. much that goes into this every single season. Um, we're just happy to be doing our, our part here in between media. Um, and, and speaking of doing our part, guys, I do want to give a shout out to our newest sponsor here in between media, Underdog Fantasy. Um, underdog fantasy. If you're new to the show, um, what underdog fantasy is, is they specialize in best ball fantasy football, which best ball really takes the best part of fantasy football, the draft and amplifies it to an entire different way, you know, entire different way. If you don't have to deal with setting your lineups, if you don't have to deal with injuries, if you don't want to have to deal with waiver wires, trades, underdog fantasy is probably for you, man. Um, Nate, I know you've been playing a lot of underdog lately. Um, do you have any takeaways that, that, you know, People new new into this can get into it. Well, there there are so many ways to play with the best ball drafts, which I think is really cool because there are three there are three team leagues which are going to be stacked. You've got six team and twelve team leagues, and you can choose your draft speed. If you're more of like a slow draft eight hour clock person, you can do that; it's fine. But if you really want to like hammer out three or four drafts in a day, do the thirty second clock option, and you can go in. You can set an entire queue so you know you're not missing a pick. You're not going to get autoed. It's just such a neat platform. And for three bucks, the return on that is amazing. If you win in best ball, I mean, like you said, you draft and you're done. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, very thankful for underdog fantasy as well. As some of our other sponsors this season as well. We'll have more to say about them in a, in a couple of future episodes. So stay tuned for that. Nate, um, I'm excited for the all-ins, man. This is a, a concept I came up with. Um, about four years ago when I was actually on bottom line fantasy with a bunch of my friends from college. And um, basically, you know, this is where we, we, we lay it. You know, if you're listening to the show, take a receipt. Like these are players yep. we are confident in. These are players that we're going out and, and drafting in as many drafts as we can. Um, you know, whether it's redraft, whether it's dynasty, but specifically this year, I'm really excited about these players. Nate, off the top of your head, do you remember who your all-in selections were from last year? <laughs> I do. And funny enough, the all-in show was my very first appearance on the IBT pod. Oh, no So doubt. it came full circle. Um, Philip Lindsay and Odell Beckham Jr., man. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Injuries kind of like dampened yeah. that one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, just wanted to address that that um, most recent comment really quickly, if, if our, our guy Thurn Short can pull that back up. Um, using the co promo code IBT. Um, the person who wrote this comment is my best friend from high school. Um, he actually went into underdog last week and used the code IBM. And he's like, I don't know if it went through Seth, but I try. And I was like, he's like, why isn't IBM? And I was like, dude, that was already taken. You know what I mean? IBM Watson. But just, yeah, make sure you guys, if you're heading over to underdog for the first time, use the 
the promo code IBT. Don't do what Udo did and try IBM, um, but we appreciate it nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, hey, thanks for trying, and hope you're enjoying Underdog. It's so much fun. Nate, what are you drinking tonight, brother? Uh, I am drinking Bushlight Apple. Oh, and baby. So I finally bought a case of it last week, and man, it's really good. I'm really, it tastes, it kind of tastes like, like a, a cider almost, like an apple cider, yeah. but like a sweet apple cider. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Hashtag not a sponsor <laughs> yet. Not a sponsor yet. Not a sponsor yet. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited. We got a, a packed episode for you guys. Um, later this week, Nate and I are going to finally meet in person at the Fantasy Football Expo. Hope to see a lot of you guys there. Out in Ken. going to be a great weekend. We got draft night out going on on Saturday. Pro Football yeah. Hall of Fame. Um, all the Expo stuff happening on Sunday. A party on Friday. It's going to be a blast, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. Never been to Pittsburgh. So oh, wow. Oh, wow. I've, never, I've, I've never been to Pennsylvania. All right. Well, buckle up, buddy. Buckle up. It's going to be a good time. Um, going back to my previous all-ins is something I like to do. Um, I like to keep my own receipts, go back years previous. The first time we ever did this, I was still a part of Bottom Line Fantasy at my college newspaper. Uh, my all-ins that year, and I believe it was 2018, were Juju Smith-Schuster and Adam Thielen. They both finished as wide receiver one. So instantly I was like, wow, I'm pretty good at this. Um, <laughs> next year I came back with James Conner and Tyler Boyd in 2019 as my all-ins. Tyler Boyd was a top 20 wide receiver, but he wasn't, a, you know, anyone that moved the needle at all. James Conner was, was injured throughout the season as well. So um, didn't fall too well that year. Um, last year, though, Calvin Ridley, I was super happy that that played out as good as it did. And Zach Ertz, and we know how that went as well, Nate. Well, but injuries, man. And that's the thing about all of this. Like, we can try and project all of these things, but mm-hmm. they're, injuries are out of our control. So yeah. – and like Zach Ertz, that was such a weird thing because I wasn't as high in, on him as you. Yes. Yep. But I was still pretty high on him and he was hurt. And now everybody's sleeping on him, which is weird because he's yeah. healthy. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. Nate, I'll be honest. Last year, you're all in. Philip Lindsay, that was pretty on brand for you. But OBJ kind of surprised me this year. I think your all-ins might have surprised me even a little bit more. Who you got for me as your first all-in, brother? So my first all-in, I don't know why this surprises you because I've talked about it with you a ton. Dude, Johnny Smith, man. Johnny Smith, and here's why. There's a couple of reasons. We were really high on him going into 2020, and the usage just wasn't there. For some reason, they decided to turn Johnny Smith into a blocking tight end that they used in the run game a couple times. That was a weird thing that Vrabel did in Tennessee. Okay. Then they let him go. Obviously his skill set isn't what Vrabel's looking for in a tight end. However, now he's in new England and we're talking about the same coaching staff, offensive coaching staff. We're talking about Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels who utilize Aaron Hernandez and Robert Gronkowski in 12 personnel sets. I think it was something is like 84% of snaps. They were in 12 personnel that season. And both of those guys were tight end, t- tight end ones. Yes, they both had amazing seats on the same team. Mm-hmm. So now we've got Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. They were lacking at tight end last season, and Belichick addressed that by getting Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. And he's just the type of tight end that fits that scheme and what McDaniel's likes to do. He's a great short range target for Mac Jones, and he can stretch the field for Mac Jones. And I think Mac Jones is going to be the quarterback we're talking about in New England by week three or four, if he doesn't win the starting job out of camp. 
And even if it's Cam Newton, we know how much Cam Newton loved Greg Olson. He just didn't have that target last season. Yeah. I, I'll be honest, like 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 when I started out, John, I, I thought I liked him a, a lot more on paper. I think he came out maybe as tight end 18 for me. And like, again, like everything you're saying is super valid. And, and like, if Mac Jones is the quarterback, this is a totally different conversation. Right. I, I started out Cam Newton for about 16 games. I had him probably getting benched maybe or, or sitting out once if they have a, have a big lead. Um, and, and yes, Cam Newton is definitely going to be targeting him if he's, if he is, the starter still, we know that um, he's pretty good at the deep ball more, more than people think. So I think Nelson Aguilar yeah. can be open up down the field for him as well. Um, I, I think the big thing here here to keep an eye out on is how good is that Patriots defense going to be? Um, right. Last year was probably one of the worst seasons I've ever seen for the Patriots defense. So I'm really curious to see if they can get back to form, because if they do, I'm a little concerned for the entire Patriots offense outside of Cam Newton, because I mean, last season we just saw him, you know, Tuck it under man and run, but are, are you concerned at all by by maybe lack of of red zone targets for for Johnu just because of Cam Newton, you know, tucking the ball every time he gets within the ten? No, I don't think so. Um, I think that if it's Cam Newton, that means his arm is better, mm-hmm. and he's he's back to old Cam Newton where he's slinging it. And if that's the case, how many touchdowns did Greg Olson have? How often was he targeted in the red zone from Cam Newton? A ton. They targeted him a ton. Greg Olson was like fantasy gold for a couple seasons. I think Johnny's going to be more of a Greg Olson for Cam Newton than people realize. I, I'm just telling you, there is a chance that he finishes like tight end two or three. If, oh, if he oh. has, I'm telling you, it could happen in that system. It could happen. And that's with Cam Newton or Mac Jones, more likely with Mac Jones, probably. But I'm telling you, there's a chance. I'm not saying that I, I necessarily am saying like it will happen, but don't be so. I won't be surprised if it happens. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with Jonu. I want to see that catch percentage get up. That's always yep. kind of been my, my, my concern with him a little bit. I mean, he's great yards after catch. We've seen that time and time again. Um, curious to see how it plays in plays out in New England, but there you guys have it. Mark it down, put in your receipts. Nate Polvo going all in on Johnu Smith here in 2021. All right, Seth. I want to hear one of yours. All right, guys. So my one is going to be super on brand and one that you're probably expecting if you've listened to this podcast at all this offseason. And I'm going to keep with the tight end position. I'm going TJ Hawkinson, baby. Um, just w- what an absolutely incredible story this guy has been. Obviously, he, he you know really dominated at Iowa throughout his entire career. Had a really really nice um, college dominator rating, especially with Noah Fant still on the team um, last season as well. You know he was ne- he was never a big guy. You know he was never a guy who was going to win you a week, but he didn't burn you most weeks either. So T.J. Hawkinson to me, you know coming in the offseason like okay, well, let's see what happens at receiver. Nothing happened at receiver, man. Um, you know we got Brashard Perryman out there, Tyrell Williams. Um, you know, those types of guys, we got Quentin Cephas. Um, if you're interested in Armand St. Brown, you know, we got him as well. Um, just guys, you know, but they're just guys, man. And like, we've seen Tyrell get Williams get hurt. We've seen Rashad Perryman. When I statted them out, I had TJ Hawkinson firmly as my tight end four. I had him above Mark Andrews, but I had him um, definitely significantly lower than the big three for sure. 
But, you know, I, I, I think what I really like here with TJ Hawkinson, he's still a discount. He's still the sixth t- tight end off the board, um, according to Sleeper right now, ADP-wise. You can get him towards the end of the fifth round. Um, yeah. And we talked about this. Like, I know vacated targets, it's definitely a controversial issue in this industry. You know, you can't just take vacated targets and project them straight out. But TJ Hawkinson is going to lead this team in targets. He might lead this team probably in receptions as well. I haven't projected for over 130 targets, um, closer to 90 receptions. So I think a big year is coming for TJ Hawkinson. And like, if like we know those big three, man, they're going to go this year. People have seen what the difference a good tight end makes. I've been in leagues with teams that have atrocious teams and they just have Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller who are carrying them each week, you know, with a 12 point positional swing. I think that's what's in store for TJ Hawkinson this year. Yes, we know Matthew Stafford. He's obviously out of the picture. But like Jared Goff is not just going to roll over and do nothing. We've heard a lot of good things out of camp so far about TJ Hawkinson. You know, and every year it seems like when we see a young, promising tight end get the lion's share of their team's targets, it works out in their favor. George Kittle, he was a big guy for me in 2018. He delivered. Um, he was the tight end three that year after receiving his team's targets. Um, and then Mark Andrews, man, two years ago too, Mark Andrews, he was a guy who was going in that 15th round. But, you know, a lot of analysts saw him as a value simply because he was going to lead the team in targets. He did tight end five for him that year. So I think TJ Hawkinson, he's a guy we need to be keeping an eye out for. My only concern, I love Hawk, the talent's there. My only concern really is Jared Goff. Um, that Detroit, that defense is going to be awful. So they're going to be behind and they're going to be throwing the ball, which I think really doesn't benefit Jared Goff much because you're putting a pressure on Goff that he doesn't want. And if you think about when he was successful with the Rams, it's when they had Todd Gurley and they had a running game and they didn't have to huck the ball downfield. They could when they wanted to, because they had Cooper cup, Robert Woods, but they, Detroit's not going to be able to Jared Goff's not going to have that luxury of having a quality running back that they can use behind him. Otherwise, I, I mean, he's going to lead the team in targets. Yeah. He's I mean, going to lead the team in reception. So probably lead the team in receiving yards. And there's a good chance he leads the team in receiving touchdowns. I, I, I think you are discounting DeAndre Swift a little bit. I think DeAndre Swift's a caliber running back, not to the point where Todd Gurley was, but definitely in Todd Gurley's last season with the Rams, I think he was definitely manageable. And I don't see Jared Goff being an efficient passer this season. I see a lot of interceptions coming, trailing from behind. But, you know, he, he's thrown 600-plus passes before. We're probably seeing that again from him. Um, I, I just think, like, Hawkinson – the upside isn't going to be there, but like, it's not going to be something where he's going out and, and having 30 bangers, you know, just off the rip. Don't expect that. But if you want a guy who is going to average somewhere between 10 and 20 fantasy points a week, I'm, I'm totally cool with that, man. I, I'm cool with it. Um, the floor is really good. And it, and if that's you, true. If you can get some wide receivers and running backs with some serious upside, Hawkinson is such a solid piece. I've been drafting him absolutely everywhere. His ADP got a little crazy. Um, in the middle of summer for Scott Fishbowl, but it has kind of settled out a little bit. So I'm going all in on Hawk, baby. Tight end, tight end season. I I don't hate it, man. I mean, really, with the tight end landscape in the league right now, he's he's pretty quality. Nate, give me your second all in, man. Tell me not it's not Odell Beckham Jr. this year. It is definitely not Odell Beckham Jr. I promise. Um, this time I've got Matthew Stafford, quarterback, Los Angeles Rams. And I've seen some 
hate on Stafford lately mm-hmm. in various places, mm-hmm. and I don't get it. This is the best offense he's ever had. This is the best defense he's ever had. This is the best coaching staff he's ever had. He never had anything like this in Detroit. He never had this. I mean, really, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, and you've got Tyler Higby, and the running back room isn't phenomenal, but that's okay for him. He's never had great running backs. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had Adrian Peterson last year, which uh, backside of a Hall of Fame career. DeAndre Swift got his bell rung and just wasn't the same. And they, Matt Patricia wasn't using him early in the season. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, look at the weapons he has and how he can spread the ball. And don't forget about Van Jefferson and Deshaun Jackson also. He's got four quality wide receivers that can spread the field and are just electric weapons. He's never had this. And his ADP, I got him as my QB2 a couple weeks ago in a draft. Mm-hmm. QB2. So I think I got him in a super flex. I think I got him in like the sixth or seventh round. Oh, wow. Okay. So not only is his ADP a smash, you have to grab him. I think that we're going to be talking about Matthew Stafford having possibly an MVP caliber season. Mm -hmm. And to me, that screams all in because he's going to put up ridiculous numbers. Sean McVay is a smart coach. He knows how to use his players' strengths. We saw it when he wasn't using Todd Gurley and everybody's like, why isn't he using Todd Gurley? Well, now we know why he wasn't using Todd Gurley. Yeah. He was trying to save him for the playoffs. Makes sense. Smart coach, much smarter coaching staff, much better defense, better offensive line, much better weapons around him at the skill positions. I don't see how you cannot love Matthew Stafford. Yeah. I, I specifically like I was super high on Matthew Stafford. If it wasn't for the Cam Akers injury, he probably was maybe like a consideration for one of my all ins as well. Um, obviously the Cam Akers injury, we've talked about this on previous podcasts. That's going to bump his volume up a lot. We're going to see a lot more thrown from Matthew Stafford. I think it does knock his efficiency down just a little bit. Cam Akers is very, very good pass catcher. Daryl Henderson, not so much, but we can see what some of these guys like James Funk, Xavier Jones, what those guys right. provide as rookies. Um, overall though, man, I think you kind of hit it though. Like honestly, Sean McVay is going to, going to use what he has. He has a lot of, you know, you mentioned all those guys who can stretch the field. We, we've seen Robert Woods stretch the field. Deshaun Jackson's one of the best. Um, Dan yep. Jefferson, we haven't really seen that yet. But what about Tutu Atwell, too? That's a guy. That's fifth wide receiver, a guy who can maybe average somewhere between 17, 18 yards per, or yards per reception. So I think Matthew Stafford, I think I had him at maybe, maybe QB 13 overall. But I think that was really at his floor. His ceiling is a lot higher up. So I'm totally cool waiting for a guy like Stafford as my QB1. Like I'm, like You can probably get him in your redraft 12 team right now maybe somewhere around the 11th round or so. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And do it. Take him. I'm so all in on him. Awesome. Awesome. Well, there you heard it guys. Matthew Stafford as Nate's second all in John New Smith as his first one. Nate, good luck to you this season, buddy. Hope you too, man. That's always the hope, right? Yes. Yes. I got one more all in for you this season, guys. Um, and I just want to start with this. I want to be super frank with this. I did not come into this offseason ever thinking that this player would be someone who I would go all in. They're very controversial, whether you're a casual fan or someone in this industry or community. Um, but 
Nate, I know he's a guy I like to tease you a lot about, but it's none other than than Chicago Bears running back David Montgomery. And I'm going to tell you right now, guys, he could be one of the values of the draft this season. I mean, you are getting a guy right now. He was PPR RB4. And I know I, I can already I know people at home that are already saying, Seth, what about the, the schedule? I don't give a damn about the schedule, Nate. I don't give a damn. Any RB would have done what he did. I don't think so. I don't believe that. Dave Montgomery's a talented RB. He's going as RB20 right now in drafts. You know, late third, early fourth round. And this is a guy, he was RB24 in his rookie season. RB24, everyone was out on him last year. They didn't want him because of that. Like, like he's being drafted out his floor right now. Like, I haven't projected, uh, we've heard from Matt Nagy, 20 touches per game. I don't buy that. I'm, I don't have him projected for 20 touches per game, but I do have him for around 18, which is 300 plus carries. Like, like this is a guy who's going to at least see, you know, 275 to 300 carries. I think it's in the realm of possibilities. And he's a much better pass catcher than everyone thinks as well. I mean, the guy last season, he had 60 plus targets, caught 40 plus balls. Um, overall, I mean, like, I think David Montgomery's pass catching is something that a lot of people don't think about. Well, yeah, it is. Um, I've come around on David Montgomery, and I love this all-in pick. Chicago is an interesting case because there's so much dependent on who starts a quarterback, except for David Montgomery. Yep. doesn't matter if it's Justin Fields. doesn't matter if it's Andy Dalton. He's going to get 18. I think I think we're going to see him like averaging somewhere between 18 and 22 carries a game. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see it closer to 22 if he's running well. I feel like Nagy's at least smart enough to do that. But his upside with either quarterback is enormous. He's a he's a, like you said, he's a better pass catcher than most people realize. So and he, and he's been catching the ball with from Mitch Trubisky and Nick right. his whole career. So like imagine what he can actually do with a good quarterback. Um, I mean, guys, let's face it, Tariq Cohen, uh, Tariq, anyone who knows me at all, Tariq Cohen is one of my favorite players in the NFL. He's been a guy I've had a fantasy crush on for years and years. Um, but he's not healthy. He's not healthy coming off the ACL tear from last September. So we know that for a given. And Yes, I know Damian Williams is there, but I, I'm not threatened by Damian Williams. I mean, yes, everyone's argument again. Last time we saw Dave, Damian Williams, he was almost a Super Bowl MVP. That's awesome. What has Damian Williams ever done in the regular season? Not jack shit. Not jack shit, Nate. So, I mean, right now, Matt, Matt Nagy, he knows he has to use his best players, and that's Allen Robinson and David Montgomery on this fully. And last thing I'll say about him before I get off my soapbox is – I am really all in on like the Bears being a better team. They obviously go out, grab Justin Fields. That's going to add some juice to that offense if he gets to start. I've been coming in after their buy in week four. So expect to see him maybe around week five. They got Detroit. That's a really nice matchup for uh, Justin Fields there. Um, but the one the one thing too, Tevin Jenkins was drafted in the second round. Offensive tackle, left tackle. David Montgomery struggled a little bit to the left tackle side last season. Now they got a, a first round talent in the second round. <laughs> Man, you are fired up. You know, I I can't I can't wait to see Justin Fields. I know. I know. I'm excited. He was almost my all-in. One of my all-ins like, oh, I can't I can't do a rookie, but this close. I almost a dude, 
we were at the mall today and we walked by one of those fans stores where it's F-A-N and then two Z's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And they've got like all the jerseys and stuff. And I looked in and I saw a Justin Fields jersey. I was like, man, I told Jen if they weren't so expensive, I'd go buy myself a Justin Fields jersey. I am so all in on him. Awesome. Awesome. Just get him from China, Nate. We'll be all right. You can get him for like $25. All they, shut down, they shut down my China site. So. <laughs> oh, sorry to hear that, man. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> All right, guys, there you heard it from myself, David Montgomery, TJ Hawkinson, baby. Put in your receipt bank. Nate, he's going John Roo Smith and his other guy as well. Matthew Stafford, baby. There you go. And so, guys, we're going to start with our, our slew of guests tonight. We're going to bring in one of our co-hosts here at, at the In-Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Honestly, just an incredible human being, a wizard in spreadsheets, um, pounded out some rankings in the last couple of weeks. We're going to bring in our guy, always sleepless in Seattle out there, Scott Rainier. Scott, what's up, brother? Hey, how's it going? Nice shirt, man. Thank you. Where'd you get that? In the mail. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, just showed up one day. What's up, brother? How you been? I'm good, man. It's nice to take a little break after pouring through those projections. Woo! Woo! Um, having not done it before, it was, I mean, it was a lot of work, but it was, I enjoy that kind of work. Um, mm -hmm. It can get a little busy, but I really, as you probably know, I, I enjoy, I mean, I was taking the Yates template, and tweaking it and adding stuff in and putting stuff all around the actual stat lines just to see if it was tracking with kind of what the teams had been doing mm -hmm. the past few years and what those players have been doing. So I loved it. Well, Scott, what was your biggest takeaway from that experience, you think? Um, I still think my biggest takeaway, I've said it a few times, is it is, I mean, you can pay lip service to the fact that, yeah, there's only so many targets and receptions and receiving touchdowns and rushing touchdowns to go around, you know, you can, but to actually dig into those numbers, um, kind of look at past trends for teams to get a kind of a reference as to what you can expect for total rushing yards, passing yards, that sort of thing. Um, so once you take that and start actually divvying it out in that very specific way, um, it really just kind of opened my eyes the, how do I put it? How I need to be more realistic with certain things. Um, mm -hmm. you know, like I'll think a player is going to go off in a given season and my first inkling might be, oh yeah, 1500 yards, 19 touchdowns. Let's go. You know what I mean? Or something crazy. But then when you sit down with it, even with a stud, you're like, well, can I really bank on Tyreek Hill scoring more than 12 touchdowns? Can I just assume that's going to happen? Eh, it's not as easy when you're assigning it like that. So yeah. I think it was a really good learning process for me just in just kind of seeing where some of these stats come from. Um, it was really fun to try and guess on like the wide receiver fives, like how many targets they were going to have. Mm -hmm. That was pretty, mm -hmm. pretty fun. Um, but yeah, I think it just, it kind of just put it in a different perspective for me. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, man. Thankful for all your work over there. You can catch Scott's column, the Mondays as well. And Paul fantasy is YouTube series. Scott, man, if there's anyone that I trust some all ins coming from this season, it, it's you with your work in those spreadsheets, man. Um, who, who's your first all in man laid out for us. My first all in might be seen as a little bit of a Homer pick, but it's Chris Carson running back Seattle Seahawks. And so that with this all in, you know, it, it kind of, I had to think about what I, what I'm defining an all in as, 
you know, this isn't a guy that I think is going to outproduce his ADP by 20 fold or anything like that. I don't, I'm not mm. predicting he's mm. going to finish as a top five RB, anything like that. What I'm saying is currently, at least on my fantasy league, um, ADP, he's RB 20 off the board. Mm. So kind of a lower end RB two, I consider him an RB two. So, you know, I'm still not really to the all in piece yet, but I think RB 20 is his floor. I think he's shown that RB 20 is his floor. Um, he's been, he's been a mid to high RB two every year. He's been in the, in the league last year, he was RB 19, but that was in 12 games. Mm-hmm. He was RB 12 in points per game in those 12 games. Um, he's seen as injury prone. I mean, him and Aaron Jones have missed basically the exact same amount of games. I like to use Aaron Jones a little bit as a comparison with Carson, just because they both started into it. They both took over kind of as the primary ball carrier for their teams in 2018 um they see a similar amount of targets they've missed a similar amount of games um i have aaron jones ranked higher but um you know i just when when injury prone tags start getting thrown out it's like yes it was it was not great last year that he missed four games but i'm not banking on that happening again i'm not banking on that happening again with my rankings i have him i have him as rb15 right now i have him one spot ahead of antonio gibson but One thing about this person that I dug into was he is also an underrated pass catcher. He's yes. an underrated yep. receiving back. Mm-hmm. Um, what I did is I dug into um, the last three years, 2018, 19, and 20. I looked at the top 24 running backs, PPR scoring, um, and I just calculated how what percentage of their points was coming from receiving work. So receptions, yards, touchdowns. Um, Chris Carson's was 17% 2018. 31% 2019, 47% 2020. So climbing up. Um, he's just, he's a, he's an underrated pass catching back. Um, and so I think that keeps his floor pretty high. And I think getting him as, so, I mean, the other way I kind of look at it with like the more gut feeling aspect is I've got Ronald Jones hovering right around that, right at the end of the RB2 range, kind of right mm-hmm. in that range. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. I go, if I, if I end up with him as my RB2 in a draft, I'm not, I, I love our Ronald Jones, but I'm not like super thrilled with that. Mm-hmm. Right. If I end up with Chris Carson, that's my, you know, if I get him in the low RB20s yeah. off the board as my RB2, I'm, yeah. I'm set with that. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm good. Um, I mean, there's, there, you know, the, the data I looked at, it has some variables last year. You know, he missed the tail end of the season. So more of his season was at the front end of the season. And the front end of the season, as everybody remembers, was kind of abnormally pass happy for the Seattle Seahawks. So I think that those receiving numbers are a little bit inflated, um, but it definitely shows a trend of his receiving work going up. And even Mm -hmm. if you pull him back into the mid to to high 30% range Mm -hmm. of points coming from receiving, that's sitting right there with people like Kareem Hunt, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, that's yeah. that's kind of what they see as far as a percentage of their total points. Um, so I just think all those factors, the fact that he's never finished as anything less than an RB2 in his three years. And, I mean, he was on pace last year, if you extrapolate it out for 16 games, as RB8. That's mm-hmm. where he was. He just He's an under-the-radar guy. He, uh, he doesn't get the love he deserves. I'm not really sure why. Um, I mean, his draft capital, seventh round picks, another diamond that the Seahawks found um, out of Oklahoma State. Shout out Lindellians. So, yeah, I'm all in. On, I'm all in on Chris Carson. Scott, I, I really do like this pick. He was a guy who, when I statted him out too, like I was like, 
wow, that's a lot of points. I was like, that's a lot of points this guy can produce. The receiving work, like, that is the one thing. That was one of my biggest takeaways from Chris Carson week one and two and three last year. He was just – and it wasn't just that he was getting dump-offs. Like, he was making really good wheel route catches up the seam. I mean, that was awesome to see. And, like, let's be honest. Like, I'm a little higher on DJ Dallas than most. I think DJ Dallas is a talented guy. Scott, I know you kind of have a, a, a thing for Rashad Penny still, but, like, they're not the caliber player that Chris Carson is. And, guys, like – at times, I also like to follow the money in fantasy football. And Chris Carson, like, he just got a bag. You don't give a bag to a running back, like, if you do think he's injury prone. Like, obviously, the Seahawks see something we don't see. They see him working in the training facility, putting on weight. You know, I mean, when you actually look at Chris Carson, like, he is a freaking house, man. Like, he is, like, you want to talk about thigh season, dog? Man, thigh season with Chris Carson. Like, just wait. There'll be some picks, man. And, like, I'm going to be even more hot and bothered for him than I already am. And like you said, Scott, RB20, can you get any better? Yeah, and, I mean, I, I hear all the Rashad Penny. Even if Rashad Penny is is, is healthy and he and he plays a role, which I think he will. I mean, no one is no one is sitting here saying Chris Carson is going to be Derrick Henry or Joe Mixon this year. Like, that does the, the – the, He might be Joe Mixon. Well, I'm just – I'm talking as, as far as opportunity share. Like – that just doesn't exist anymore on a massive scale. Like yeah. running backs just don't get. So, I mean, the fact that there's going to be one, two, maybe even three other backs getting some work, that's pretty normal. That's not enough to scare me away. I mean, last year Carson did what he did with a 60% opportunity share. That's, that's decent, but that's not, that's not, you know, that's not bell cow levels. So he was already doing it um, on, you know, with sharing the load somewhat. So that it just doesn't scare me. Um, he's an efficient back, uh, and as, as far as your points per, your points per attempt, your points per touch, your points per opportunity, he's above one across the board. He's top 15 in the league last year across the board in those categories. He's a very efficient back. So I just think he's, I mean, he's safe. And like, if, you know, if he hits on a few extra receiving touchdowns or rushing touchdowns, he could, he could crack the top 12. I wouldn't be surprised to see him crack the top yeah. 12, honestly. The talent's there. I think the opportunity on offense is there. I think that Carroll is motivated to start running the ball a little bit more and using running backs a little bit more. And I know, like, coach speak and everything, but I see it, and I see the need for it, and I think Carroll sees the need for that, that they need to be using Chris Carson more. I wouldn't be surprised to see him finish top eight. Yeah. I think I think the opportunity is there for him. And, and, and like – we already know they got rid of Brian Schottenheimer because they want to run the ball more difference in philosophies between him and Pete Carroll. And but, so I, I think that should kind of just adds to this. Like for, you were getting a value, Scott, do you know where you had him in your ranks? Cause I'm pretty sure he was maybe RB 14 or so for me. Chris Carson. Yes. He's RB 15. Okay. Me. No, okay. it was funny. It was funny. Cause when the draft guide came out, my all in was Chris Carson, but I was the lowest on him. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Uh, Scott, who is your second all-in pick, man? Um, the receipts are being taken out there, so just be aware. My second all-in pick is a guy that like, I am guilty of underrating and just kind of not thinking he's sexy. It's Robert Woods with the Los Angeles Rams. Um, I'm, I'm officially on the Robert Woods hype train now. Um, you know, that's the, thing, that's the thing, too, about digging into these projections, looking at some past years, really looking at some of the statistics. Like, he has been as solid as they come for three years now with the Los Angeles Rams. Um, he's been a perennial wide receiver too. I mean, he, I think I called him, he's kind of 
the Chris Carson of wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, just a solid, safe, with a ceiling, um, kind of dependent on touchdowns. And Robert Woods also gets he gets he gets rushing yards. Um, they give him the, they give him the ball, you know, as a, as a runner. And I think with Matthew Stafford coming in, I agree with Nate. Uh, you know, it surprised me actually because I was like, well, I mean, Matthew Stafford's just been slinging the ball for years, and Jared Goff just hands it off. And I looked at it and I was like, no, that's actually not true. Jared Goff has had more pass attempts and a higher completion percentage mm-hmm. than Matthew Stafford for the past yeah. few years. Um, so that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about. I believe, with because of my eyeballs, that Matthew Stafford is a much better quarterback than Jared Goff. So I think if you take, I think if you take Stafford's skill set and his talent, you combine that with Sean McVay's system and those weapons, which are leaps and bounds better than what he's had in Detroit since the days of Calvin Johnson. Um, I just, I think, I think it, it's going to benefit who I consider to be the best pass catcher on the team, and that's Robert Woods. Um, I have him, I have him at wide receiver 12. So I have him as the last man standing in the, uh, in the wide receiver one group. Um, I had him, I have him ahead of Cooper cup. I have him ahead of Amari Cooper. Um, I considered a little bit bold. It's a little bit risky to put him that high. Um, but you know, he hasn't done it the past few years on like, Oh, he just, he just went off for 15 touchdowns and and that no it's been six seven eight ish he had he had two in 2019 i remember he had two passing touchdowns and like one rushing touchdown that year and he was still like you know a a solid wide receiver too yeah yeah so i just think he's a you know he's um he's a poor man's keenan allen but not that poor like kind of not that far Mm -hmm. off keenan allen um in my eyes he gets he gets targets he gets catches um he's he's a go-to for his quarterback I mean, the difference being he does have Cooper Cup on the other side, and Cooper Cup is also a target hog. So, you know, I I have Cooper Cup just a few spots after him. I think those two pass catchers are gonna are gonna have big seasons this year. So, Seahawks fan, I'm not super super excited about it, but I don't see how they don't um, with the stars aligning there in Los Angeles. You know, other than Cam Akers. I mean, dude, Robert Robert Woods, Bobby Trees, if you will, Bobby um, Trees. Bobby Trees. I love him, and I love what you're saying. Like, that makes sense. And like I was saying earlier, Stafford's got some weapons, and he's one of them, and they can use him in so many different ways. Like, I mean, that that ceiling is – it's it's massive. Yeah. Swinging yeah. touchdowns to Jacob Harris. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Okay, so, so quick, quick, quick here. Like, my thoughts on Robert Woods. Like, Scott, I was stunned how high I had him in my projections. Like, like – once you really again sit down, you do the math, like, and he also has like he's a guy who's gonna have at least probably thirty rushing attempts every season. Like, like those are real points. That's like you know 40, 50 points you can get from rushing, r- rushing yards and, and touchdowns on that as well. So I'm definitely interested in Robert Woods. I think he was probably somewhere around my like wide receiver thirteen or fourteen as well. Um, and he's going at a value once again every season. He's not sexy. He's not a guy one is my one. But if I can get him as my two, like you know, I, I'm pretty comfortable all around. I think with Robert Woods, um, j- just a great player, honestly. Just so undervalued every single season. And you know, let's see what he can do with a, with a, a high caliber quarterback for once. I will say, um, at least with looking at my fantasy league ADP, I think the community is catching on. He's currently at wide receiver fifteen. I'll say this though. I'll say 
my fantasy league, you're going to get some more experienced players and like yeah, maybe Sleeper ESPN it was just, as well. It was the it was the one I could easily look up two seconds mm-hmm. before I jumped on here. But I, I'm, I'm in the I'm in the Polly's playoff league, so we're drafting right now. And so I was kind of yeah. that, that's I could get a gauge on Sleeper ADP there. Um, and he was in the wide receiver twenties ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, actually in that league, I was like, okay, Woods is sitting there, keep him loaded, locked and loaded, pick him next round, and then somebody grabbed him. But, but yeah, I mean, I think. You know, he's another one. If I think it's a little bit of a stretch to have him as your wide receiver one, unless you're just like, you know, if you load up on tight end, quarterback, running back, or whatever, and end up with him as your wide receiver one, I think that's great. But in a kind of more traditional type league, um, you know, one QB, that sort of thing, he, if much like Chris Carson, if I have Robert Woods as my wide receiver two, I'm happy. Yep. I would be awesome. too. Awesome. Well, there you have it. They weren't sexy picks, but they were stellar picks from Scott Reinier, always. Keeping it down for us out there in Seattle, Bobby Trees and Chris Carson. Scott, any final words for us tonight on the show? Um, thank you uh, to the whole IBT team for the draft guide. Um, a lot of work went into that, Seth. I especially wanted to publicly, you know, virtually, but publicly thank you because I know how much effort you put into that. Um, I know a commitment was made and a commitment was met as far as getting that out and the finished product is fantastic. Um, it was an awesome thing to be a part of and it's just the beginning, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. We got, we got 18 weeks this year, guys. I'm super excited for it. Scott, thank you for everything you do at in between media, man, your spreadsheets, um, everything you do on our socials for us, holding it down on Instagram and just being you, man, Scott, our, our team would not be the same without you, brother. I appreciate your story. I appreciate your fantasy football analysis, but I appreciate you as a person, brother. So thank you for everything you do. And I'm excited to see how your all-ins play out this year, brother. I appreciate that, man. I'm still just kind of having the time of my life. So <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. Well, th- well, there's your boy, Scott, right here. Scott, thanks for joining us. We're going to bring in a- another fantasy football analyst from In Between Media as well. Give it up for your guy. You know him. You love him. Gary Zama Ripa. Gary, what's up? what's up, man? Glad to be here, guys. Are you Gary. drinking a Bush Light too? I am not. I didn't have time to get to the store. Oh, oh that's, bummer. That's all right, Gary. I mean, I keep it on stack all the time. I just ran out. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, how are you doing tonight, man? Uh, it's been a pretty busy week for us here in between media. Oh, I'm doing great. Um, just been sitting here watching you guys just drop some knowledge. You know, I'm taking notes over here changing my draft strategy on a lot of stuff just based on what you guys are saying. Awesome. Awesome, man. It's, um, it's a pleasure to see you here. I love the Broncos Bud Light in the background as well. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not good way. at that yet. <laughs> it's so yeah. hard to, where did, what am I, I don't know. Gary, this was your first year um, doing some all-in selections um, what was your kind of approach here? Cause there, there, there really is a lot. We're kind of laying on the line, like, like in a way, like I know as fantasy football analysts, we can't always get things right, but, but th- these are our guys, man. Like these are the guys we're going to carry with us throughout the season. Right. So, you know, I've always thought like, even before I started doing this more serious is that, you know, you, you know, watch the games, you tr- trust your eye and you go with your gut. So the guys that I, that have, um, the guys who just jump off the screen for me are the ones that I go with. And so when I was doing my 
um, rookie scouting for my dynasty leagues this year. There was one running back that I just kept watching and it just kept amazing me every time I'd watch some of his film. And uh, that's Javante Williams. So he, I'm going him as uh, my first all in. It's kind of bold to take a rookie as an all in because we've never really seen him play at the NFL level. I mean, we can watch his we can watch his video and all that stuff, but how is it going to translate to the you know pro level game? So yeah, I'm just going with that as a bold pick. Um, he's got he's he's got you know, speed, like great vision, balance, um, power, and he's just the perfect size that you'd want in an NFL running back. So. Um, you know, Denver took him in the second round, so he has some uh, draft pedigree, and I think he set up for an opportunity to uh, compete to be a starter in Denver this year. Well, I think so. I want to speak to the second round draft capital. Okay, he was drafted in the second round, but Denver aggressively traded up to get him in the draft. I love this pick, Gary. I I, I think overall, like, like like the cool thing about Javante Williams is like. He's going to be, he's going to have a solid floor. Like the ADP, like let, I, I, I'm curious to see what it's going to be by the end of August. Like, cause we don't know who's going to be the starter. We, 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 you know, we, we have heard reports that Javante has been getting first team reps, but then also we got reports that when Melvin Gordon came back, he's been getting on the first team reps as well. So we'll see where the ADP lies. But like the one thing about Javante Williams, I don't think a lot of people give credit for is like, he has a lot of upside coming in you know, plus 20 total touchdowns last season. That is unheard of with Michael Carter in the backfield as well at North Carolina. Like we, we know the quarterback there is great. We know they have some really good players coming into the league as well, but I mean, 20 plus touchdowns, you know, for a non powerhouse school, like that is some serious upside. So like, like I would not be surprised if we saw Javante Williams finish, you know, somewhere in the top 20 running backs. So Gary, I, I think this pick's a good one, and don't ever regret not going all in, or don't ever regret going all in on a rookie as well. Because last season, I, you know, I thought I, I, I kind of second guessed myself. I wanted to go all in on Justin Jefferson, but you know, I, I was like you, like I was a little hesitant. You know, rookie, never seen him before, and then I'm kind of wearing pie on my face, wishing I did at the end. You know, I that's a good point sometimes we fade rookies when we're talking about some of these like all ins just because they're rookies, but some of these guys have NFL talent at, and we've got to remember too, like when you're looking at guys out of the like sec and some of these bigger conferences, the power conferences, they're playing at almost an NFL level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Especially in the sec and the ACC, I think is pretty similar. Like it's, it's no joke. These teams and these defenses they're going up against and Javante Williams showed he has NFL speed, he has NFL agility, and he has an NFL he has NFL smarts. He makes good decisions on the field. We'll see what happens there, Gary. Yeah. Gary, we love that pick, man. Who's your second pick for us here? All in twenty twenty. Okay, this time I'm going with kind of guy that's he's. I think he's disrespected for as much talent as he has, but he's never been in a real good situation. And that's Allen Robinson. He's um he's not like they're not you know he's not like being really disrespected. I mean he's like in the second maybe bottom of the second tier of people that everyone talks about. He's kind of one of those guys if you get him as as an RB one if you waited and you went RB or a wide receiver one you went RB heavy early you're kind of happy with it. But he has top five talent and so this year I, I noticed I was looking at the stats the last two years he's averaged like a hundred receptions. 
1,200 yards and six touchdowns. And that's playing with, you know, Mitch Trubisky and, and, uh, Whoever else, I can't remember who's the other guy that Nick Fo- Nick Foles, yeah, Foles at uh, quarterback. So, so they bring so they're bringing in um, Andy Dalton, and then they drafted Justin Fields, who we just talked about Denver passing on, which probably wish that wouldn't have happened. But so he's got an upgrade at quarterback now. Dalton maybe not so much, but I, I don't think that Dalton's going to keep the keys to the Ferrari long. I think they're going to have to give him to Fields eventually, and I think that's when we're going to see an explosion out of Robinson. Um, He's got Darnell Mooney on the other side of him, kind of taking away some defensive look. He can't be double teamed on every single you know route that he runs. And uh, Fields can get that ball out. Mooney will stretch the field. He has the open middle of the field open. Um, I, I'm looking at Kim bouncing back to what he did. He had a 1,400-yard double-digit touchdown season mm-hmm. when he was at Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. So he's still that guy, and I think he's – this is going to be the year that he's going to bounce back up into the top five. At least that's how I'm all in. And that's my bold pick on him. I love it. Yeah. I, I know when I started them out, I definitely went like a little bit, a little bit cautiously optimistic. Like I was still optimistic, but you know, he's still a guy. I think he came out uh, around wide receiver 11 or 12, like his floor, he's probably being drafted around his floor, which is, you know, I think he's going somewhere about wide receiver 11 right now in sleeper drafts. And kind of that's what you want, right? So draft a guy at his floor. So that's. Yeah, exactly. And like Allen Robinson here, we talked about with David Montgomery, Matt Nagy's a good offensive, offensive head coach. Like he knows what he's doing. He's going to use his two best players. And I know we all shit on, on Andy Dalton, man. It's fun too. the red rifle, like, like, you know, Christian boy down there. We love to give him some shit, but like, Andy Dalton's a solid NFL quarterback, man. He made AJ Green very relevant for a long time. Tyler Boyd was very decent with him as well. So, I mean, I think Allen Robinson right now, Gary, I think that is a a very good all-in selection. Yeah, I love it. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm all in on Allen Robinson as well. Whether it's Dalton or Fields, I'm like super all in on him if it's Fields. But I'm still like pretty in on him, and I've been getting him, and it, the value you're getting him right now is incredible. So, I, mean, I think I've been getting him around the fourth round. I mean, you you can't yeah. you can't beat that kind of upside, especially when you could be drafting, you know, maybe running back, tight end, running back, and then get him mm-hmm. as your as your uh, starting wide receiver. And, and I I think the one the one last note I want to add on Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller. He was traded to Houston a couple weeks ago. Anthony Miller, you know, he's not, he's not a big time target share guy, but he's had fifty plus targets the last couple of years. So like right now, it's him and Darnell Mooney. They got a couple other guys, uh, Demarius Birds there. I'm excited to see what maybe he can do as the third option. Um, we don't know about Cole Komet. Uh, we haven't seen him much on the field, but I mean, if Allen Robinson does not perform, I will be stunned. So Gary, I think that's a very safe all in but one that really could pay off for our audience here. So I'd like to just real quick, this comment from the chat from Daniel Turner. He says, or did AJ make Dalton relevant? That's actually a fair question. We'll have that to is talk a good about question. at some point. <laughs> so it's just, just something to chew on kids. Just think about that. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Gary, I know it's been a pretty crazy time, time for us all here in between media. I've been pretty busy. I know you, you and your family have been busy making the most of the summer down there in Kansas city. Um, any final words of advice for our audience tonight before you head out? No, nothing. Just, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you, um, included me in this and got to talk a little bit about a, some draft, uh, prospects that I'm passionate about. Well, Gary, thank you so much for joining us. You can see all of Gary's all ins, all his busts, his sleeper predictions as well in our draft guide. Be sure to check that out. Gary, keep it cool down there for us, brother. All good guys. 
All right. And here, <laughs> here we go, guys. Um, we're going to bring in a little bit of a stranger to the podcast. Um, someone Nate has definitely not seen recently at all. It's been yeah. months. It's been months. <laughs> Jennifer Polvo, the newest oh. addition to the In Between Fantasy Football podcast. How's it hanging for you, Jen? Good. So good. I've been enjoying watching this tonight, you guys. It's been good. Well, thank you. Yeah, we missed a little bit of a cat fight up here. Okay. Um, there was Ooh. a visitor. Black Kitty came to the back door, and Pike and Beckett had a freak out. I'm surprised you guys didn't hear it. It was like running all over the place and howling yeah. and hissing and attacking of the back door. So while I haven't been able to watch all of this, I've been able to watch the majority of it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, Jen, I appreciate everything you've been doing for us over in between media, managing, editing it, it up. And, um, you know, we, we got some some advertisers coming in this season. So you've been quick on the draw with that as well. So appreciate everything you're doing. Jen, I, I hear you got some all in picks for us tonight. Yeah, I certainly do. Um, I mean, my all in picks are not going to be that's well, OK, one surprising, one's not surprising. But Ryan Fitzpatrick for me is my number one all in. I just love the guy. Every year I root for him every single year. I'm like, come on, Fitzy, you've got this, you've got this man. And he's been, this is now with Washington, his ninth NFL team. He's been in the league for 17 years, but the dude is so nice. And his arm, like his weapons, like it's a no brainer for me to choose him as my my first all-in for sure well yeah and i think would you say this is the best set of weapons he's ever had oh, any team he's played for oh yeah I mean, no you were gonna we're gonna list them all but anyways yes he has an insane set of weapons that he can throw to pass the ball off to i just feel like and watching him in camp the last couple of days he's looked awesome like he's he's an amazing human being. He's an amazing athlete. And I think that the matchup with him and Ron Rivera and his entire offensive line is just going to be and their defense. Like it's, it's going to be a great year for him as long as he doesn't get injured. I think it's just a great situation for him too. Like, like, like that, that's the whole thing. Like obviously is Terry McLaurin, one of the most explosive wide receivers we've seen in the league in recent years. And he also has Curtis Samuel, a guy not many yep. people are talking about, but it reunites with Ron Rivera. He goes out, pays up for his guy in free agency. Samuel's been explosive at times in his career when used by Rivera as well. So, I mean, I think everything kind of aligns well for him. He's obviously got Antonio Gibson out of the backfield and J.D. McKissick too. Like, like that is a great check down target for a guy who isn't as mobile as he once was. But like, the one thing I love about Ryan Fitzpatrick, especially when statting him out, is like he averages so many like rushing yards per carry than you would think like it's closer to five you know it's better than a lot of players in this league than you would think he's gonna make stuff happen with his legs he's gonna get in the end zone himself with his legs and like the yards per reception has always been good with ryan fitzpatrick and i think now you have some of those deep threats um you have the rookie there as well um i can't remember his name off the top of my bat diami brown yeah and, and he's an explosive player as well so I, I think everything bodes well for Fitzpatrick. I think maybe I had him around QB 16 or so, but I mean, realistically, I, I, I think again, that's probably around his floor. Like, like he could be a lot better than that. I was going to say, don't forget about Logan Thomas. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yep. We didn't even talk about him yet. Yeah. 
Jen, in in a one quarterback league, are you okay with waiting like twelve team PPR, no super flex league? Are are you willing to just hang around because you could probably get Ryan Fitzpatrick close to your last pick? Are you cool with that? Yes, I have him in at least two leagues right now, and I've taken him way way lower than even I feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you can wait on him, but. Think you really should, especially after seeing him in camp. Like that really has made such an impact for me is to see him, the chemistry he has with his team, the way he's throwing the ball, the plays he's making, like it's just made such a difference that if I'm going into a redraft, you know, here in the next couple of weeks, I mean, obviously he's not going to be my first choice, but I am still all in on him. Um, yeah, you can, you can probably wait on him a little bit, but not, not too much longer. People are starting to pick up on what's going on in Washington right now. Yeah. They're seeing it and he's starting to, he's starting to trend up a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. I've noticed it too. Yeah. Jen, I love that pick, especially for, for us here in between media. We normally advise a lot of people in these redrafts, wait on quarterback. Like, like there is a difference from the top tier quarterbacks to the second tier, but he's as good as any of these second tier guys that you're going to get. Yeah, yep. I agree. All right, Jen, who you got for us? Um, was Ryan Fitzpatrick the surprising one or the non-surprising one? The surprising one, I would say. The non-surprising one is Darren Waller. Like, who isn't going after Darren Waller? Like, if you're missing out on Kelsey or Kittle, I mean, I maybe not would not even put Kittle in there, but, like, you have to go with Waller. He's going in the first couple of rounds, if not the first round. Um, and I, and I'm not fading him because of his age, like a lot of people might be doing. I'm not fading him really for any reason. I mean, yeah, he's 28 years old, but he's definitely, definitely a second choice tight end. Mm -hmm. If if you can't pick up Kelsey, I've taken him over Kelsey. Have you a couple times? Yes. Wow. So Kelsey was still available on the board or you just had a higher no, Kelsey was, Kelsey was still available, and I took him over Todd Kelsey. Todd, good Lord. This has oh been a problem for years. I took him over Travis Kelsey. Uh, I think I took him over Travis Kelsey twice, actually. Interesting. I, I, I think the thing like like that a lot of people are a little skeptic of Darren Waller and the pushback a lot of people have is like he made such a jump last year. Like, like he had a lot of targets, I think around 100 or so. Um, in 2019 and, and you know that was a big jump for a guy who you know had bounced around the NFL a while but to go from 100 to I think 130 some last year like like that's I think where people were a little surprised but like I mean what has changed in Oakland nothing's changed or Las Vegas nothing has changed like yeah give Henry Ruggs Brian Edwards another year to develop they're both I think going to be a little bit better but at the end of the day like Josh Jacobs isn't a pass catcher like we thought he was. Kenyon Drake comes to town. I think I think that will take some targets away. But I mean, overall, you got a guy in Darren Waller who, like, like the only bad thing for him that could realistically happen is like Marcus Mariota comes in, and and even if that comes in, like I'm not sure if that's such a. It's not an awful thing. You could do a lot worse. I'm not worried about Mariota. I think he will take over at some point this season because Vegas is an absolute dumpster fire with Gruden. His head coach. Um, How many years has Gruden been there now? Is this? I think this is four. This is his fourth season. I think. think He said he needed three years, and at the end of last season, we were like, 
Yeah, this ain't it, buddy. Um, well, yeah, and we'll see. I still don't – I don't – okay, so Waller's the number one target in that offense. Whether it's Carr or Mariota, he's the best pass catcher. And you can fight me on this, and I know I had a conversation about this on Monday, Tuesday. Yes, it was yesterday morning on the Pauly's Playoff Podathon. Um, Henry Ruggs just simply is never going to be used the way he should be used in Vegas. Yeah. He's totally capable of stretching the field. So is Derek Carr. John Gruden doesn't want to do it. He's playing some sort of NFL football version of small ball. But Darren Waller reaps the rewards from that because he's the guy that Carr is targeting in the passing game. He's the number one guy. He's the first target he's looking at. He's the hot route. Brian Edwards, everyone says he looks like what, Megatron meets Randy Moss in camp. Come on. that's I mean, that's not Brian Edwards. And Henry Ruggs just isn't getting used. Darren Waller is the guy who's going to command more targets. Nothing's changed. And I think I think at the end of the day, like like when you look back at some of the like some of the film on Darren Waller from last season in the games where Oakland or excuse me again, Las Vegas, when they were, you know, elite, I think it was week two or three. They came out and beat the Saints on Monday Night Football. And Darren Waller was absolutely unstoppable in that game. Later in the season, they, they upset the Chiefs and like Darren Waller is unstoppable in that game. They win when Darren Waller gets the ball and has a good game. When he gets seven or eight targets a game, they don't win. When he sees double-digit targets, he does well. The team does well. So I think John Gruden has to bake that in this season. Darren yeah. Waller, Jen, I think he's a very safe all-in, and he's definitely a guy I'm willing to spend a second-round pick on him. I, I, I think the tight end position, it, you know, it's so thin every single season. There's going to be a couple injuries. So if Darren Waller can, can hold his health up like he has his whole career – Great all in for you, Jen. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I hate it. The Broncos fan deep down into my soul. <laughs> right. But you know, as far as fantasy goes, you've got to take him. Yeah, yep. absolutely, Jen. I I know. Um, I'm super excited to see you and Nate finally in person it, it, later this week. Um, it's been super busy for us. Everything in the back end, getting the business just put together these last couple months. Um. Any final thoughts for, for, for our, our listeners and our viewers tonight? I mean, I don't, I don't think so. Like, first of all, go fight, win, get your guy. Um, super excited for the expo coming up. We picked up a ride. So thank God we're going to make it from Canton back to Pittsburgh. Nate mentioned it earlier saying he had never been to Pittsburgh but, or Pennsylvania, but I don't think he really like looped in that we're, flying there and not that <laughs> the expos in, in pencil right or pennsylvania um but yeah so we we hitched a ride back with dan turner and uh uh josh from fyf so we're excited man it's this is really exciting tomorrow's packing day we're all gonna pack we're all gonna get ready to go we're flying out friday morning Awesome. Awesome. We'll be safe on your guys' journey. Yeah. Say hello to Jack for you. I hope everything with the cats calms down for you. And, jo- <laughs> and enjoy a little drink for you tonight, Jen. Hope you have okay. a good rest of your night. Yes, I will. You guys do the same. Cheers. Nate, Cheers, friend. You. Love you guys. Love you too. See you in a bit. All right. Bye, All right. Thanks, Jen. We appreciate you. Have a good rest of your evening. And with that, we're going to bring in a guy. He's He's currently on vacation with his family. He's been up since 4.30 in the morning, putting in those big dog hours as a dad. He's one of my favorite people in the entire world, Mike Talonko. Oh, hey, Mike. What's up? 
How's the Florida life treating you, Mike? Uh, pretty well, as you can tell. Uh, it looks pretty awesome here, right? Uh, uh, oh wow! But, nice. No, no, it's good. Uh, we're in like a little bungalow with some other folks, and uh, it's a good time. Lots of sandcastles, lots of sun. Um, still kind of pale. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, Mike. Um, what's been your favorite part of vacation? Any surprises for you, or just kind of keeping it keeping it cool? uh just trying to keep it cool i think the i think the best part really is just hanging out um with the kids and i got we went from yesterday where my my four-year-old like he was not about the beach life he's like he didn't want to put his feet in the sand he didn't want to get in the water or anything like that and then today he was like out there on the sandbar with his brother like going nuts so uh so that was good i'm like finally because i'd hate for it to be like tomorrow evening and him be like i love the beach let's go back i'm like sorry bud we're flying home <laughs> I'm like so mm-hmm. that, <laughs> um so yeah it's been cool awesome awesome man mike you're someone who kind of approaches the game of fantasy football a lot different than i think most people do you you know you really <laughs> like to kind of dig into the strategy and and really the kind of thought process behind people and and why they make certain picks so I think that will really yeah. play a factor with your all-ins this season. Um, who, who you got for us, man, as your first all-in? Yeah, I'm, I'm with the uh, the all-acronym squad. We're going with CEH, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, with our first one, uh, which is difficult for me as a Raiders fan. But I, I, I just heard Jen give the Raiders some love with the Waller pick. So um, I guess I'm going to give the Kansas City Chiefs some love. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, I just – I think with his current ADP, right, he's sitting in that, like, upper mid-tier RB2. He should deliver on that number. And you can't always count on people to do that. But I think the way he's utilizing the offense, you can count on that. Um, Plus, you have that that upside, right, of the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Um, And... And while like while it sounds weird to tell you to buy somebody at their value, um, a lot of times I think um, I think when you when you draft somebody, right, you're expecting this <laughs> you're expecting this return um, on them. And if you miss in that first round or two, like it's hard to screw it up, right, in the first round or two. You don't usually tank yourself unless you completely whiff it on somebody. Um, and he's somebody who I think will be hard to whiff it on, especially. Uh, with his involvement in that offense. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think a lot of people maybe because his AEP is so low right now is because people are a little burned from, you know, the first round bust last mm-hmm. season. And and, yep. and I totally get that, but Mike, I, I'm in with you on the value of CH this season. Like he's definitely someone I considered for, for my own all in like offensive lines, better, no lady on bell. Like all you have is Daryl <laughs> Williams there. Like, 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 <laughs> Right, <laughs> right, right. I mean, Almost like, Super Bowl MVP, Daryl Williams. R- right. Yeah. No new, no new pass catchers as well to help Patrick Mahomes at, at all. So, like, I think right now, like, CH, yes, he was overdrafted last season. I was someone who was a little skeptic of CH last season. But, like, at the end of the day, he is a great value right now. Like, you can, if you can get him as your RB2 in the third round, like, that's clutch, man. That is clutch, especially for one of the most high powered offenses in the league snatch it up and i think that's that's the thing right you mentioned it and without saying it outright but it's it's recency bias that tends to really hamper us when it comes to players right 
Um, I, my favorite example of recency bias, I know I use it a lot, but it's, uh, it's Keenan Allen, right? After the, after his busted season, uh, where he got hurt and everybody was like, Oh my God, Keenan Allen, like injury prone. The next season burns it up. Um, it happens year in and year out with folks who, who got banged up the year before. Um, and then they, they show up and show out. Um, and I feel like, I feel like that recency bias uh, applies not just to people like that, but also people like CEH where, you know, you heard, oh, take him first, you know, RB1, he's like a first rounder, you got to make sure you get him because he's on KC. Like now he's at a place where it really makes sense. So snatch him up. Don't be scared. The Margosas are delicious. Um, I made sure not to have too many. Well, yeah. that's a, what is a Margosas? Oh, yeah. So uh, Cigar City is a Tampa Bay brewery. Really good stuff. Highlight is a, is a good beer by them. Uh, shout out to Two Drink for getting me turned on to that. But uh, I saw in the grocery yesterday that they have uh, Margarita Gosa. If you're not familiar with beers, Gosa is a sour. Uh, so it's Very like a sour, sour that has a little bit of salt, a little bit of uh, a little bit of orange and a little bit of lime in it. It is pretty good. <laughs> that sounds amazing. That's the most exciting That's thing I've heard so far. <laughs> Margarita it. Gosa. Let's go. That's yes. my third all in. <laughs> don't you don't you mean let's go sir <laughs> i do i'm sorry missed opportunity oh, man. Nate, nice. any thoughts on ceh here man i know you've kind of you know you've kind of always been in the middle on him as well um no thoughts i've got him as a bust <laughs> none oh okay i, I just don't i don't do think I know, and that's why. That's why I'm kind of in. I just, I hear what you're saying, Mike, and I I don't necessarily yeah. disagree with you, but I don't I don't see his usage being high enough to really. Like, I'm just kind of hands off on him. I don't think he's going to live up to his ADP this season. I could be totally wrong, yeah. and I, I have been known to be. Ask Jen. <laughs> I have been wrong nice. so many times. Probably like thirty times today. I was wrong. I'm sure. I just don't see him living up to his ADP right now. Even though it's a little bit lower, it's like that high-end RB2. I look at him as more mm -hmm. like a flex play, and I can't get him at that value in a draft, so I'm out. Uh, I Nate, think if he hits that floor of mid-RB2, um, it's fair to say that he's not, he's not a bust. And I think it's pretty fair to say that he could hit that, especially when you look at a lot of our RB2s that are sharing, and he ain't got anybody to share with. That's true. That's fair. Like I I'm said, I have been I have been wrong so many times. It's okay. Yeah. I'm all right. I feel good about it. I'm fine with being wrong. It's part of life. You're pretty good hey. at drinking beer, Nate. Well, yeah. What does that have to you do? Can't with go this? wrong there. <laughs> at least you're right about that, man. Mike, I appreciate that all in, man. I'm with you on that. Yeah. If it means anything, can't speak for Nate. Um, who you got for us sure on does. deck now? Oh, man, on deck, uh, you told me this was a, a spicy one when we were talking about it. But um, but I have got OBJ on deck. Um, hear me out, you burn victims. Uh, there's a theme here, apparently. So, so um, if you're an OBJ burn victim, uh, you'll be happy to know that this year, currently he's sitting in the ADP territory of around wide receiver three territory which quite honestly, you start to get into boom bust wide receivers anyway at that point once you once you get down there uh, to around like the, uh, the what, 25 to 36 level RB, or sorry, wide receivers. 
So with with OBJ, he's sure he's banged up last season. He's had some injury troubles off and on. But at that point, he's not gonna kill you if he doesn't like if he doesn't pan out. Unless you're playing zero RB and you like, or and you drafted him way super early. But but, but otherwise, if you're playing like a balanced strategy and you take him uh, around his ADP, like he's not gonna mutilate your team if he doesn't pan out. Um, what he will do though is give you a really good upside play um, for a low cost. I mean. If, if he hits his upside, which his lowest season uh, was actually uh, 2019, his lowest full season, where he hit like, uh, I think it was 1,035. Let me check my cheat sheet here. 1,035 uh, reception yards, 74 catches, and four touchdowns. Like, I'll take that in a wide receiver three. Thank you. <laughs> right? Um, and if he, yeah. if he doesn't pan out, you'll find somebody who does uh, on the waivers or, you know, later on in your draft. Yeah, I think the tough thing with OBJ is it is that recency bias. We've seen two down years. Mm -hmm. You know, last season he was still a little bit higher of a pick, but the year before he was a first round pick and just you know early second round pick and busted. Um, yep. I think I think what we need to see is we need to see some better rap report between him and Baker Mayfield. We have never seen that. Um, Baker Mayfield's actually somehow been a better quarterback with him off the field. So I am curious <laughs> to see how. Yeah, I, but I, I am curious to see how it plays out. And I will say the one thing going in OBJ's favor is Kevin Stefanski. That guy oh, can yeah. coach his butt off. And and he is – they obviously didn't trade him. There are a lot of rumors flying around that he might be on the move this offseason. They held on to him. So, I mean, Kevin Stefanski is going to use the talent around him, I believe. Dude, yeah, I'm, all in on, I'm, all, I'm all in on that Cleveland offense. So, I love it. <laughs> I love awesome. it. Awesome. Well, Michael, we will let you get back to your family. Um, thank you so much for everything you've been doing on, on your vacation. And before that, for In Between Media, um, Mike also has sure a column coming out later this week as well. Decisions, decisions. So check that out. Mike, any final words for our audience tonight? Uh, final words for all y'all. Uh, just have fun. If you're not having fun, why are you doing it? I'll see ya. All right. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you. All right, that was our guy Mike Talonco. Always great to have Mike around. Um, and also great to always great to have this guy as, around as well. One of the newer additions to the In Between Media Fantasy Football team. Um, super thankful to bring in our guy Dave Fantasy. How's it going, fellas? Dave, good to Thank see you, me. man. Yeah, always. You know, I've got to say that beard is so epic, man. Like. It's Appreciate fun. it, man. It's, it's, it's looking a little shaggy today, actually. But you know, it's hard to tell on these. Uh, didn't, didn't, you didn't wax it. Brush, didn't wash it. <laughs> brush it today. I didn't really. I did comb it out a little bit, but I did take a shower before I came on with you guys. Ooh, fancy, oh, shiny, getting, clean, getting done up, getting done yeah. up for us, Dave. Uh, for real. We, we appreciate having you on the show, man. Um, how's your summer been so far, man? We haven't had too much of a of a time to chat in person. It's been kind of outrageous, man. I mean, it's been a really hot summer here in Idaho, so we've been uh, struggling, struggling mm -hmm. with the heat mm -hmm. uh, and the smoke. I'm sure Nate can relate to the smoke in the air oh, over there in Denver. Oh, it's bad. It's been uh, awful. It's been rough, but we've still had had a chance to get out and have some fun, go swimming, and doing all the all the summer fun things that you want to do with your kids. You know, the girls are having a blast playing with all the neighborhood kids and everything. So it's been awesome. pretty good. Awesome. 
I, I even know too, like like those of you who don't know Dave, his, his uh, girls go by the alias of the Sneaky Girls. Um, they actually participated in a, in a fantasy football draft with you, a pretty notable one a couple weeks ago, if I'm right on that. That's right. We are co-owning a team in the Scott Fishbowl. So awesome. Sneaky Girls and I. And, uh, you know, we took a lot of uh, time to kind of discuss our draft picks and stuff. They even called me off of one in the draft. I wanted to take david montgomery in the fourth round and they uh insisted on alan robinson oh okay. and actually the way the team came together i i don't think they were wrong i think it was a, probably a good choice so you know although i do love david montgomery i know you do too seth but yeah when you, i was listening to you talk about him earlier yes sir i'm with you on that i'm with you on that yes sir steelers fan great beard dave we're a lot alike man yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> Dave, I, uh, I know you got some all-in picks for us, man. I was really excited to, to, to see those in the draft guide earlier this week. Um, who you got for your all-in pick number one tonight? Well, I'm excited about my all-in picks. I might have gone a little bolder if I would have finished all of my projections before I made my all-in picks. I felt like I kind of played it a little safe. But my number one is Dak Prescott. Uh, and I guess maybe that's not playing it that safe. You know, he's coming back from that pretty disgusting ankle injury that everybody got to see again last night on hard knocks. Uh, but, you know, he was on pace to just put a torch to the NFL record books last year. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know you can't really extrapolate four games performance and say, this is what he would have done, you know, week after week after week. But if you do that, he would have ended up with over 7,000 yards. I mean, it's extraordinary. The kind of, the way he was throwing the ball before he went out last season. And I think that, you know, that offense is set up to do that same thing. Obviously the wide receiver talent is pretty prolific there with Amari Cooper and CD lamb and Michael Gallup. Uh, I think that Ezekiel Elliott will be much better with Zach, with Dak back. You know, I think Dak's absence was a struggle for Zeke. Uh, it was easier for defenses to focus on him. And, also, you know, one thing I don't think gets talked about enough for Dallas last year was that their offensive line was injury riddled. You know, a lot of guys missed a lot of time. And this year, you know, they should be better, uh, healthier, healthier anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. So if they've got that healthy offensive line back there to protect Dak and Zeke's playing better, Dak has those receivers. I just don't see how there's any way that he doesn't have a great season. You know, I have him as my quarterback four. But of all of those top, you know, few quarterbacks, I think he's the one that has the most chance to overshoot my expectations. You know, I have Josh Allen, Kyler Murray and Patrick Mahomes ahead of him. Mm -hmm. But I also think my projections for those guys are about where they're going to be. I mean, I don't see I don't expect any of those three guys to really overshoot the projections I've had for them. But Dak could could well exceed what I've put I've. I think he's got the chance to lead the NFL in passing yardage. I don't think that's really crazy to say at all. And, uh, and he runs, you know, I mean, he's not, he's not Lamar Jackson, you know, he's not uh, Kyler Murray or anything as a running quarterback, but I mean, he adds a lot with his legs and people sometimes seem to underestimate that about Dak, you know, and mm-hmm. I think he's going to add some value there for you, you know, running quarterbacks are, all the rage these days, you know, cause you get a lot of, you get a lot of points for those rushing yards. So, so Dave, I'm going to say something and I want you to tell me what you think of this. 
Dak Prescott, 2021 QB1 overall. I think it's very possible. I do too. I do too. Uh, That's not what I've predicted necessarily, but I think it's very possible. Dave, Dave, two things on Dak here I want to point out, one being positive, one being maybe not so positive. The one positive thing I think when you look around this entire Dallas team is the entire offense has, you know, without him, had to step up. They had to learn, you know, how good of a quarterback Dak Prescott really was. We saw guys like Cedric Wilson, who's their fourth wide receiver, step up. Cedric Wilson is a solid NFL wide receiver. Let's go, baby. Boise State. <laughs> so, like, like Cedric Wilson's out there. And, like, guys like, you know, obviously we, we have Blake Jarwin coming back off the ACL tear. But Dalton Schultz, I like me some Dalton Schultz this season. I think I maybe have him around tight end 20 in our ranks. But, I, I, I mean, right now, like, you just have such a, a solid – like, like they're they're not old, they're not an old team, but they're veteran guys now. CeeDee Lamb in his second season. If Amari Cooper can stay healthy, we've seen that great rap report between him and Dak Prescott. I mean, I think overall Dak's a very safe play. Um, my one thing I do want to say to you, Dave, is his ADP's been dropping the last couple of weeks, and rightfully so. He's been injured. He has a second MRI coming up uh, either later this week or, or next week. Are you concerned at all with the shoulder injury he's been dealing with? Well, I mean, I can't pretend that it doesn't concern me a little bit, but everything that I've been reading still says he's on track to to be ready for week one. Nobody's really expecting him to miss time because of it at this point. But sure, when a guy's got a shoulder injury, you know, you got to be a little bit nervous about it. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. I mean, at least he didn't snap his ankle again. Right. At least right. it isn't the ankle bothering for for real. Right. Like, like, right. I know. I'm. I'm really glad that he's not. Ha- he doesn't seem to be having any trouble with that ankle. You know, that was like I said, that was gruesome and disturbing when it happened last year. And, oh, uh, I, I've honestly don't think I've ever seen an injury like honestly make me feel that way in the NFL before that one. That was a tough one. Seth, you need to Google. You haven't watched enough years of NFL because you're so young. But there's, you need there's to, some pretty gruesome ones. <laughs> Google Joe. Google Joe Theismann. And just like watch that, okay. And you'll change your team. Okay. You've that really, you've Very never seen, you've never seen Lawrence Taylor hit Joe Theismann. I've seen Lawrence Taylor hit a lot of people, but not Joe Theismann. I don't think that's yeah. the most brutal injury you will ever see in your life. Anybody watching, if you haven't seen that, look up Lawrence Taylor Joe Theismann injury. Why do you want them to look this up, Nate? If it's, it's pretty upsetting to watch, you might not want to watch it. Yeah. I mean, and nobody on the beware. Field. When that happened, nobody on the field was more scared about it than Lawrence Taylor, too. I have never seen a player freak out after an injury ever in a game like that. Yeah, he was, and you know, we all know Lawrence Taylor, like the badass of all badass linebackers, probably the greatest to ever play the game. The dude was hysterical because he knew what he had done. He didn't mean to do it, but he knew what he had done. So, Seth, just watch that, and we'll talk about it later. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Dave. I I think Dak Prescott, all in all, man, he, he's a he's a great player. He's a great person to root for. And you know, if you have to pick a guy who is fun to root for and, and you know to go all in on, why not Dak Prescott, baby? Absolutely. You know, I'm not really a Cowboys guy, but I do find it easy to root for Dak Prescott. So yep. certainly, certainly. And uh, who is your all in dose pick tonight? Well, my second one is Aaron Jones. And, uh, you know, he has for the last couple of years overproduced his ADP. You know, people always kind of don't really trust him to get back to where he was. He was the 
RB2 uh, two years ago in half PPR scoring. He was the RB5 last year. Uh, the guy just produces, you know, and I mean, they, they give him the ball. And he it's not even really that they give him the ball all that much. You know, one of the things I, I kind of turned over and really thinking about Aaron Jones as my all-in pick was that he had far fewer rushing attempts than any running back in the top five. Yeah, he was the fourth overall leader in rushing yards last year. He had far fewer attempts than anybody else in that top five. So, I mean, he gets a good yards per carry uh, average, and he scores a lot of touchdowns. They love using him in the red zone, you know, down near the goal line. He's, I know that it's hard to always meet those touchdown thresholds, but I mean, Aaron Jones, the way they use him, he's always going to have a good chance to score those touchdowns. And I feel like we're kind of undervaluing them again. He's going as RB9 right now, according to uh, Fantasy Pro's average draft position. You could get this guy maybe towards the end of your first round in a 12-team league, even even your first uh, pick in the second round, if you're kind of towards the back end of the first round, you know, coming back around. If you get Aaron Jones at, say, pick 14 or 15 in your draft, I think that's a steal. I think you're getting a great bargain right there. Dave, I am so happy you went all in on Aaron Jones. Cause if you did not, I was going to feel compelled to because <laughs> literally since one of our first se- episodes of the off season, I think we did an early top 12 ranking episode and Aaron Jones was the guy who I, I remember that name. I think I said I, he was RB five and I was by far the highest on yep. all, all of us on him. And, and Dave, like you just hit it, man. Like Aaron Jones is so efficient. Yards per carry is through the roof. Obviously, they lose their center a little bit, so I'm projecting maybe that comes down a little bit. Um, yeah. But, you know, like the one thing I think that's going up this year, I have Aaron Jones projected out for a career high in targets, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, and receptions. Like right now, like, like Jamal Williams is gone. And right. while I do, I, I have projected maybe I think eight or nine rushing touchdowns for Aaron Jones, which might be a little light. Um, I do think A.J. Dillon's going to see some red zone work and take some of that away. But I'm all right with that just because the receptions are going to be so good. Like this is like borderline Alvin Kamara, but a better rusher, maybe a little lighter mm-hmm. on the receiving work, but a better rusher. So I, I I think like Aaron Jones, if you can get him in your back half of draft, like right now in my home league, my biggest league, um, we call it the keg Kane's extraordinary gentlemen's. Um, but what, what, what we do is we always do a lottery every single season for, for the, the draft picks and I got pick five and I'm trying to trade back a little bit so I can, you know, we have some smart drafters. So I don't think Aaron Jones will fall too far, but you know, I, I you know, seven, eight, you know, somewhere in there to get Aaron Jones. Cause like it is a effing value right now, man. I love right. it. Well, and like right. much like when we talked about Darren Waller earlier, what's changed. Randall Cobb. Ah. Not Randall, a lot changed. Randall Cobb. Randall yeah. Cobb doesn't affect Aaron Jones. Aaron the Rodgers. subtraction of Jamal Williams actually might be the biggest positive exactly. change for Aaron right. Jones. It's just what Seth was talking about. You know, Jamal Williams certainly got uh, some action in the passing game there. You know, he's a great receiving back. And with his absence, it, it speaks to what Seth was just saying. You know, it just stands for Aaron Jones to have more of an opportunity in the passing yep. game. Yep. And exactly. You got to feel good about that. You just have to feel good about that. Yep, and, and I think like the one thing that was so frustrating, I didn't really have a lot of Aaron Jones last season, but just even watching Packers games is like every two minute drill they got in, mostly like towards the end of the the, the second quarter. There is we would just see Aaron Jones. We wouldn't see him. 
you go off to the sideline and we see Jamal Williams. Again, I like Jamal Williams. He's a very solid NFL running back, but he is not Aaron Jones. He is not Aaron Jones. And I I think right now, like he's honestly a guy who I think I maybe have him RB4 right now, but, but like, I don't know if he can get past Kamara and Cook and McCaffrey with their workloads, but like, like he's the next guy in line for me. Yep. Yeah. I've got him way up there. I mean, I had Austin Eckler a lot higher than I expected to have him actually once I finished my projections. So mm-hmm. same. That's what I was saying. If I was going to, if I would have waited until my entire projections were completed, you know, I, I probably would have chosen Eckler as my all in because I'm higher on him than everybody is. So. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, well, Dave, um, super thankful for, for you busting out those projections. I know that was a grind. Um, thank you for everything you've been doing over here in between media and not just here in between media, but in the entire fantasy football industry and just life, man. Um, seeing what you and your sneaky girls do, man. So it's a, a breath of fresh air out here. I'm very excited to finally get to meet you this weekend as well. Yeah. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. And this is going to be a great weekend. Yeah. I, I feel like you're going to like, we're dude, the hugs are going to be great. I can't. Yeah, for sure. yeah. I'm so excited. Absolutely. Well, Dave, until then, man, keep it in between. Um, We'll we'll catch up with you soon, but we appreciate your all-in selections, man. Hey, thanks a lot, Seth, man. I'm glad to do it. The the projections were a grind, as you you said, but I'm glad I did that, too. You know, it was a a Mm -hmm. great experience and uh, something I feel like gives me a better perspective, you know, looking at my fantasy drafts and stuff. Absolutely. Well, you can check Dave. Um, you can check Dave all, all out online. He pro football mania. He's kind of around a lot of places, writing some Steelers content as well. Um, Dave, we'll talk to you soon, brother. Appreciate all your work. All right. Thanks a lot, Seth. Appreciate it. All right, Nate. And it's just you and I here, brother. Um, it is. It is for now. Um, this has been really awesome to see all of in between media's entire all in picks, man. We, we put a lot of work into this draft guide, a lot of good analysis for our listeners, for our readers. Um, however, we do have one extra special guest tonight. Um, I don't know if you're ready for this one, Nate. I don't know. If, am I? I don't know if you're ready. I don't know if our listeners, if our viewers are ready. But um, I would like to introduce introduce someone tonight, and this is someone who is very near and dear to, I think, both of our hearts and a lot of people in between media. Someone who really does, at the end of the day, just, you know, m- make life a lot better. You know, having this person a- as a friend and a-, and a colleague in the industry. Um, so without further ado, I would like to bring in um, the one half of, of a great podcast and, you know, one part of the fantasy or front yard fantasy team as well. None other than Eagles Dan. Dan, what is up, brother? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Dan! I love you, I love you both, too. So much. So much. We appreciate the, it, man. Your first post-wedding show? It is. It is my post-post-running show. I got the I got the ring and everything. I'm, oh. I'm, lo- I'm locked in. Locked in now. How, how was it, Dan? How, I, it I was... You went, you went south for your wedding, right? Mexico, actually. I went to Cancun. Okay. Uh, okay. It, was, it, was, it, was actually, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, the funny part, uh, it, we stayed for about a week. It was super humid the entire day. But it was sunny the entire time. We didn't, there wasn't any rain or anything, so it was really cool. The funny part is on our way back, you had to present your uh, immigration papers to get back into the country. And I actually lost mine. Oh, as I was oh getting, no. as we were as we were getting on the flight, so I almost didn't make it back, uh, but it ended up working out obviously because I'm home now. So but yeah, but it was it was, it was it was a lot of fun, 
and uh, quick turnaround to the, to the expo in a couple of days. So mine's still all, all over the place a little bit. I haven't even fully unpacked for Mexico, and I'm already packing for for Canton. So <laughs> <laughs> so it's a it's a whirlwind, but no, but it was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed. it. So you guys, we have somebody else. I think we need to bring back to the show because she's so she's so mad at me right now. She's dude. She's mad at me too. So she could be mad at all three of us. So I'm bringing her back. Oh, there we go. Oh, look at that. Am I missing something here? She's pissed that I didn't tell her Dan was coming on, and she's pissed at me because I didn't tell her I was coming on either. You're muted, Jennifer. You're muted. You're muted. (laughs) <laughs> we can't hear it. There you go. Shit, I had so many great things that I just said. So first of all, Dan and I are DMing back and forth. He's like, that's a great show, great appearance. I'm like, oh, thanks, Dan. He's like, so what are you up to? I'm like, oh, just drinking some whiskey, hanging out backstage. And, you know, we'll catch up with everybody afterwards. And he's like, oh, that's so cool. You guys hang out and chat afterwards. I'm like, yeah, it is cool. Thanks, Dan. And then all of a sudden, I see him backstage. I'm like, texting him, like, what in the actual F is Dan doing here? Like, great. Love to have him. This is great. But I just, no one I just, told me. I just randomly like, showed up and they let me in. So he's just like <laughs> dragging me along. I, I and he's like, oh, I'm not allowed to tell anyone. I'm like, I'm not anyone. Which is I true. You're not anyone. But it didn't come together until I was downstairs mm-hmm. already. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was like That's 10 minutes it. before the show started. So it wasn't. Yeah. Hours. That was like. Two Thank hours you, ago. Dan. It was, was completely like, 100% my fault. Nate had nothing to do with it. It's not your fault. Nate didn't tell me. <laughs> and he can see that I'm still backstage and you're backstage. Well, I kept waiting for you to ask me, like, what is Dan doing here? Well, the thing is, is I only see the, like, top tier of, of people who are backstage or on the stream anyways. Like, I don't scroll down. It's just our team. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. No, yeah. I... I feel you, party Dan, crasher. Dan, I I know you've been working in addition to your wedding and everything else you guys have been doing over there in Jersey. Um, I know you you've been working hard in the fantasy football industry as well. Um, I know you just secured um a, a full time gig in the industry. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because I, I I to me that's a very inspiring thing. I definitely look up to what you guys are doing <coughs> over there. So uh, plug yeah. away, man. All right. So what happened was I finally dumped Jay and now I'm actually, you know, going up the ladder once but the anchor is gone. So I can, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, but, uh, but no, it's actually, it's a, it's an app called champions round. Uh, basically they're like a, they're a newcomer in the, uh, in the DFS uh, space. Uh, basically how it works with, with them is instead of just like, you know, single game, like, uh, like slots and everything it's a uh, you can have a bunch of friends you can do like six week leagues of, of dfs so it's like dfs oh, leagues nice. so it's a it's a it's a new new spin on on things uh they have uh they also have like an article section which is what i'm mostly working on because i'm not that great of a DF, dfs player to be honest mm-hmm. uh so yeah just starting uh, out there content wise uh i've done a couple articles uh for them already and uh, i'm actually starting on uh, uh the, the podcast soon probably when I get back from, from Ken ramping that up. So, so it's, it's, it's really exciting, you know, getting in on the, on the ground floor for something like that. And it's, uh, I'm honored that they, you know, thought highly enough of me to, to want me to, you know, come on board and and help them, you know, grow. So I'm, I'm just really excited to see what directions we can take in in, and everything. Well-deserved, well-deserved man. Congratulations on that gig. Um, Definitely, you know, you and Jay and all those FYF guys, man, you guys are definitely people we look up to. So 
thank you not just for your content, but just being great human beings as well, man. We appreciate oh, it. Stop. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm really not that great of a human being. I'm actually pretty, pretty awful. Remember, right, you well, just like catfish well, me. Don't forget what, that. Well, what's in the catfish? <laughs> that's, that's such an over exaggeration of what happened. Well, Dan, we'll put that to the test this weekend in Canton. Um, how bad of a human being you are when we yeah. all meet up. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Until then, though, um, I heard you might have an all-in pick or so for us. So I, I do. Um, it was slightly ruined by Scott earlier because it's actually Robert Woods as well. Uh, but you know, I figure I can I can add some 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 stats to, to uh, make a better case for him. So uh, last year, uh, he had the lowest, the second worst uh, yards per target of his career at seven point two six, and the lowest uh, yards per catch of his career at around ten point four. And he still ended up as as wide receiver thirteen in PPR. He has some uh, low key rushing upside. He had 24 attempts for 155 yards and two TDs. So that's uh, that's something that I don't think anyone's ever talked about really with with Woods is the, the, no. he gets some rushing. And with Cam Akers being hurt, you can expect that to to be bumped up a little bit because Henderson isn't going to be, you know, toting the rock the entire time. I know they have like Xavier Jones and and uh, Jake Funk, I think his name is the yep. rookie uh, there. But you know, Woods could see a couple more carries, and if he can turn those into uh, you know, some points that that's obviously better. Also something, uh, the massive upgrade at quarterback can't be understated. I mean, Matt, St- like Matt Stafford and Goff is like about as big of a gap as, as me and, and Goff at quarterback wise. So, <laughs> so I think just, just in, in, a, in a really key stat I was looking at when I was researching this, uh, for the show, uh, Goff's deep ball accuracy was 32nd in the league last year at 27%. Stafford's is 14th at 42%. So, it, and Woods was wide receiver 13, but he was only out of the top 10 by eight points. So, if they connect on just one more uh, deep pass last year, Woods is a top 10 receiver. And the price you're paying for him is nowhere near the guys like like Ridley and, and Hill. You can get him in the fourth, fifth round. I've been getting him in every pretty much every draft I've, I've done, dynasty or redraft. I've been getting him in, around that, that, you know, that range. So, I think that you can expect quality high wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside from him. And you know, he's, he's, he's boring. He's the quintessential like boring guy that you like kind of, like, you see when you're drafting, you just take him, and he ended up producing, you know, you got to have those, those kinds of players when you looking for a championship, it can't be all like the, the, the Hills and the, you know, Devonta Adams, you know, those, those middle tier guys that have that, that top tier potential. So I'm definitely, you know, continuing to, I have my redraft leagues coming up. Uh, at the end of the month, so I'm definitely trying. I hope someone's watching this from those leagues, uh, but I'm definitely going to try to to uh, to get him uh, there as well. Awesome. Yeah, I mean Robert Woods is just kind of like a smash take in his ADP right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dan, Dan, I definitely agree with you here on Robert Woods, man. I think overall, like we've already talked about it, kind of an exhausting mm-hmm. amount tonight. Matthew Stafford's yeah. in town. Sean McVay knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I, I think right now, like like he's probably. The Rams, they have a great defense, so so we'll see how kind of that plays out. I think Cam Akers' injury, though, unfortunately, does bump Robert Woods' target yeah, care it's the same I haven't projected for a career career year as far as targets go. So I, I think right now I'm I'm higher than Cooper Cup in my um, my projections, but mm-hmm. you know it, it's still relatively close. But like he's right on that art or that wide receiver one line, like you said, and he's mm-hmm. being drafted lower than his floor probably even is realistically. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the, that's the that's the perfect you know perfect storm is he has that 
wide receiver, you know, 10 plus uh, potential, but he's not drafted anywhere near that, that kind of range. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually have him at, at, at wide receiver personally um, seven this year. Okay. So, You're so really think, all in then. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely, you know, chips in the middle of the table on, on that. And that's, and the, and the best part is, you know, with, with, I can get him past like the third round pretty much every mm-hmm. draft I'm bid in. So I'm going to, every single time I can, I get, I'm going to smash that. And I can, if I can get the stack with Stafford, because I think Stafford's going to have a big year too. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be, he's in the best offensive system. And, you know, he's had like Megatron, he's had probably more talented receivers, but like, you know, possession wise, these are probably like the the best receivers he's, he's, he's had, you know, Tate and Megatron were, were, were great receivers as well, but probably second best I'd say right now. Mm-hmm. But overall, I think this is the, uh, this is the best situation he's been in. So I think Stafford is another all-in guy that I, I'm trying to acquire everywhere to stack with Woods. So Awesome. Awesome. Dan, do you have any final thoughts for our audience tonight, man? Um, we just saw you a couple weeks ago, but it's, it's awesome to see you back on the pod, bro. Yeah. Uh, you know, everyone that goes, that's going to Ken, can't wait to see all you guys. Hope we all have fun. Uh, you know, no one gets into any fits fights or anything. You know, it's just, it's just a game. Let's all just have, have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Nate. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I'm not getting any. Why would I get in a fist fight? I'm like the least likely person to get in a fist yeah. fight. I'm more likely to get into a fist Jen fight. Jen is way me. more likely to get in a fist yeah, fight than true. I am. Yeah. I have delicate hands, Dan. <laughs> Sensitivities. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Dan, we appreciate you jumping on with us, man. Jen, we appreciate you getting back in the fold from us um, with your whiskey as well. Nate, brother, thank you for always holding down the fort with me, man. Um, I've said thank you to a lot of people here tonight in between media, but I can't thank you enough, man. Everything you do for us here, um, it's crazy. We've been working together a year, but we've become best friends along the way. We're in constant communication every day, all day. And, you know, what we've been able to build together, man, it, it couldn't be done without you. So thank you for everything you do, not just here in in between media, Nate, but in the industry and in life, man, I, I look up to you. You're like a, you're like like the big brother I never knew I, I needed or wanted. <laughs> He's the grandfather Dude. you never know he needed or wanted. Dan, you're not that far <laughs> off from us. All right, come on. Far enough. Far enough. <laughs> I just want to say I couldn't. I wouldn't be doing any of this without Jen. And I know which way to point. She's right there. <laughs> there. Yes. She's awesome. And I'm very lucky to have the partner I have in all of this and that she's jumped into all of this. And she's a, she's a bigger part of in between than I am at most points because she's smart. And I'm just like, I'm on Twitter. Hey, and she's like, I'm going to do all the business stuff. And yeah. I'm going to tell you to delete that tweet because you misspelled five words. Thank God I've got her yes, because sir. she is my better half. She's my rock. And then we've got Dan over here who in spite of Dan, I'm still doing okay. So there we go. Awesome. No, Dan, I love you. You're the man. I, I love you guys too. Honestly, I, I'm so happy that all, all of you deserve all the success that you guys had so far. You know, the draft guide coming out. I can't wait to, to read that. You guys have a great team here. You know, all of you have become really close friends of mine and I can't wait to, to meet all you guys. And I just hope that you guys continue growing and continue having the success and, you know, I hope that I can enjoy it along the way with you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. We appreciate everything you guys are doing over there at Front Yard Fantasy and everything else you have going on. So appreciate that. Um, I would like to point out one more person on our team um, who he's always in the back end of these shows. Um, he doesn't show his face too much, but 
He has really been an instrumental part of this team. And that's our guy, Michael Short, third and short. Um, this guy was up in the dog, you know, big dog hours of the night, man. Um, 5 a.m. We were up a couple nights ago, busting some graphics out. Um, even had to, ta- he was even, he, he even took his daughter to, um, to the doctors and couldn't go in because of COVID. And he was sitting in the car doing graphics. Like this is how committed this guy is. Um, everything you see in the draft guide, a lot of the stuff we do it in between media, it could not be done without third and short. Um, really the lifeline um, adds a lot of humor to us. Um, so I'm super thankful for him. I just want to give him a shout out as well because everything he's been doing, especially with this draft guide, has been incredible. Um, and I, one more time, I did really just want to plug our draft guide if we want to throw that graphic up on the screen as well. Um, so much, guys, went into this. So much preparation, so much planning overall. I'm really happy with with the finished product. Um, we really try to bring, you know, what we do always here in In Between Media, our blend of fantasy sports and life advice. And that's exactly what we're going to get in this guide. Um, it, it's $10. So you can find it on our website. 10% of that's going to go to a great charity helping out youth writers as well. So make sure uh, make sure to grab a copy. Um, if you're in Canton this weekend, um, make sure to give us a shout out. We'll be around Maybe not after 11 p.m. I don't know what's going to happen um, when we get the whole in-between media family together. But uh, all in all, guys, thank you so much just to our audience. Seriously. Um, a year ago, I did not think we would be where we are today. So thank you from everything. Um, everything we've been doing lately has been because of you guys. So we're going to continue to put our best foot forward here. we got a couple more shows until the season starts. Less than 30 days, though, guys, until the NFL season. So let's get ready. But – until then, guys, you know where to find us. I'm at between underscore Seth FF on Twitter. You can find Dan at equal Dan FF, Nate at Janate Jack FF, Jen at Jen Polvo, and our guy third and short in the background at third and short. You can find the entire in between media family, everything we got going on at the website inbetweenmedia.com. Thank you to everyone for tuning in, not just this show, but every show. I'm super thankful to have you guys around as our audience. We'll be back here with a new episode of the In-Between Fantasy Football Podcast. But until then, guys, um, just wanted to say keep it in between, and we'll be back soon. The In-Between Fantasy Football Podcast. So one thing that you know really sets us apart here is, is we're not afraid to talk about other things that maybe aren't super fantasy-related. <laughs>